Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Division One Big East coverage, live on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. And welcome back to another episode of Demon Time, our student-led DePaul Athletic Show, which covers and talks all things DePaul sports. We got the highly touted win softball, women's softball program in the studio this afternoon with us, Sean Grady, alongside my co-host Brandon Bowens. Brandon, thank you for being with us today. Pleasure being on today. As today we have the astute pleasure of being joined by head coach Tracy Audigzins, the head coach for the DePaul women's softball. Along with, on our second half, we'll have Tori Meyer, senior from Barrington, Illinois, and Nicole Sullivan, a junior from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And we are just beyond thrilled uh, to have them in the studio with us today. Um, just going on to uh, some key storylines for our uh, women's softball team. Um, they were actually just picked number one in the Big East preseason coaches poll. I know that was, you know, very high marks, very high praise from the other nine head coaches um, as well in the conference. Uh, another big highlight, the DePaul softball program announced their 2023 schedule, 52-game slate. Eight teams uh, highlight that schedule who advanced to the NCAA tournament in the 2022 season. Uh, Ten teams finished in the top 100 as well last season, so some uh, marquee matchups on tap. Um, lastly, um, head coach uh, announced back in July two new additions uh, to the team, uh, right-hand pitchers Bella Niggy and Brenna Smith for the 2023 season. Um, those are two big additions. Uh, going into um, uh, the recap of our uh, head coach uh, for the DePaul women's softball program, former All-American pitcher entering her fifth season at the helm. Uh, head coach uh, returned to Lincoln Park looking to lead the softball program back to prominence like she did when her playing days um, in her first season leading the DePaul softball program. Uh, to their third consecutive Big East tournament title um, and their 21st NCAA tournament appearance in program history. Um, you know, that was a big time moment, you know, coming back to the program for head coach, um, as well as, you know, going into even uh, last season. Um, DePaul is coming off a uh, 29 and 24 season back in 2022 with the 16 and 8 record in Big East play. Uh, the Blue Demons returned 11 letter winners from a season ago. Uh, including uh, all league selections, Brooke Johnson, Tori Meyer, who is with us today, um, as well as Anna Wollers. Uh, Coach, thank you for joining us, and uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, be with us today. Yes, thank you for having us. And we're just going to go straight into it. Uh, Coach, let's begin with your background and how you ended up uh, back here at DePaul. Uh, what do you remember from, from your time playing at DePaul, and uh, what was it you know, like that, or uh, what really made it you know, that for you to fall in love with, with the program, I, you know, should word it. Um, well, I'm originally from Seattle, so I flew halfway across the country to do my college career. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that, um, brought me to DePaul was one, the city, 
Um, the softball program had a history of being good. They had competed in the World Series in 1999 and 2000. Um, so they had a history of being a dominant program, and, and that was appealing. And then, again, just the family atmosphere that the program itself provided. So um, those were a couple things that were really big for me to – uh, make my decision to go here as an athlete. And then as a coach, um, to be blatantly honest, um, I was unemployed. So I needed a job. And um, I called my previous head coach and I was like, hey, would this be a good position? And um, when I came back, it was very similar to when I played. Like it was, it felt like home. There was a lot of people that were still here in the department. And that made it an easy transition of just kind of going back into um, being in Lincoln Park. Um, now, doing things from the coaching side was way different than the player side. Like you, there's so much that goes into being on the coaching side that you don't think about as a player. So um, I think our first year was very um, just trying to figure out how everything operates. But um, I think once you get into season, you kind of just go into playing and don't have to worry about all that. So um, yeah, just trying to keep pushing our team to get better. Coach, obviously, you know, former player, you had a huge hand in leading DePaul to several uh, College World Champions series, not to mention, obviously, 2007 series where you helped knock off Oklahoma on their home field. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, outside of your first year, like, haven't quite been back yet. I know you're itching to get there. You know, how do you prepare and push your teams and hope for ultimately reaching the big dance as a goal for this program? I mean, I think we just try to implement things that we all have experienced as player, players. I mean, obviously, me being an alumni, but then you have Amanda Buckles, who played at Nebraska, coached at Nebraska, coached at Pitt, um, coached at Ohio State. So she's bringing high level to our program. And then you have Abby Ramirez, who played at Michigan. I mean, she played in the championship series, in the World Series. Like, you don't get any higher than that unless you win it. Unfortunately, she didn't. But um, – I mean, we, we just try to bring things that we think are very important to the program and hope that we can instill them into our team. Um, I mean, I'm excited about this year's team. Um, I think we've just been a little bit short, and I, I, I won't lie. I think you throw COVID in. I know everybody hates it, but I'm like, you throw that in, and that adds a different element. Like, you have recruits now that aren't playing their senior years, their junior years. They're not being in those social aspects that we need them to be in to help them to grow just as people. So now we're trying to kind of catch people up, um, which hopefully we're on the upswing of that, of getting more people who have had their entire four years in their travel ball experience. Um, but we're just trying to continue to grow them and to train them in the way that we want. And then once we get to game day, everything will just kind of unfold as we need it to. Definitely, you know, and game day is going to be really exciting this year. I can just, you know, feel it on the horizon, you know, for this for, for this upcoming season. Um, but, you know, going back to your playing career, um, following your senior year, you enjoyed a brief professional career um, in the Czech Republic. Uh, describe how that feeling was for you and, you know, what maybe you kind of learned during that time. Oh, man. I mean, it's interesting. Softball is very big in Japan. Um, Softball is very big in Italy. Um, and then you have other countries in Europe that play. And it just depends on where you're at. But um, the Czech Republic was very unique um, from the standpoint of Czech is a very hard language. So um, you have the language barrier, but then also we had a month off. So I actually had to find other teams to play with during that time. But I think the biggest thing it had me do was appreciate what we have here. 
Um, I mean, you go, you can drive to the suburbs and find multiplexes of beautiful fields that we complain about because they're they're not taken care of like they should be. But there, I mean, we played, we had a like a castle behind our field one time that was like in ruins. And then you had rebar sticking out like in the outfield. And I'm just sitting here like, are we seriously going to play on this field? Um, and t- to my team, it was normal. Um, I mean, you're driving on buses or you're driving yourself to other countries to play and um, you're staying in hostels. Like it, the experience itself was just so unique. Um, I loved every second of it. I mean, I, I keep telling our team, I'm like, who wants to go play in Europe? Like my friends email me every year. Hey, do you have any players that want to come play? And I'm like, I am trying. Um, it's just so different. Cause again, just the lifestyle. I mean, again, like my, our apartment was at the base of a castle in our town. Like you don't, not many times you get to walk outside to go walk to town square and there's a castle. Um, so I, I think it really just made me appreciate like the fact that we have these facilities. We have all of these people that want to teach softball easily accessible here. Um, and just uh, cherish the fact that we had that ability and I could play in college. Coach, obviously you've had a long journey outside of your professional career, uh, stops at NC State, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, specifically those last two as a pitching coach. How beneficial were those opportunities in grooming you to become the coach that you are today? Um, I think very beneficial. I think every stop you have as an assistant coach, you should learn what to do and what not to do. Like things you like, things you don't like, um, how you want practices to run. I mean, it's hard because everybody has different facilities. Um, I mean, I mean, I was blessed to be in the Power Five conferences where you have your own softball facility, you have an indoor facility, so you're not necessarily fighting other teams to get access to that. And I think, I think honestly, that's what made coming back here a little bit easier is because I already knew what we were going to have to do in order to practice over winter. Um, so that it was more talking my assistant coaches off the ledge of like, it's fine. Like if we can make it to the world series by practicing on a gym floor, we will be fine. Um, which they all did embrace. It just is usually a little culture shock. Um, but I, I think that was the biggest thing is I just watched what my head coaches do. Um, even watched what assistant coaches do like other I'm, I specialize in the pitching. So watching what our hitting coaches do, watching what our defensive coaches do, watching how we recruit like the type of kids that we're getting and and just kind of make mental notes or physical notes of what you would want to bring to a program when you become a head coach. Oh yeah, for sure. And, you know, speaking a lot to that, um, you know, coach, you have 11 letter winners returning from a season ago. Um, that's a pretty, you know, high, you know, amount of players coming back. Um, you know, Tori Meyerson right out there, you know, she's one of them. Um, you know, but there's also seven newcomers as well. Uh, that you guys welcome to the program um you know what what have you kind of seen you know so far you know as the team tries to mesh together and you know what are you looking uh for uh from the newcomers this season I mean it is hard we have 11 so you have you're returning a majority of our lineup um obviously we have the vacancy at shortstop in left field most notably with Kate Palucha leaving and uh, Miranda Gutierrez graduating um so we're I'm Honestly, what I want to see is everyone kind of understand what their duties are, put their heads down and do work, understand it's going to be different. Um, I think that's the biggest and the most challenging aspect is it's going to be different than what you've had for potentially your last three to one years, depending on what grade they're in. But it's we're still going to be able to win. Like we're all still here for the same purpose of winning the Big East championship. 
So understanding that you might not have somebody who has the type of range that we need at this position, but we're going to be fine. We're still going to make outs. We're still going to make the plays. Um, I mean, people still have to go four bases before they score a run. So um, understanding that if we can just stay focused on what we need to accomplish and understand it's going to be different offensively, it'll be fairly similar. So that is the nice part is like you can, it might be a little bit, um, a little bit more pressure on defense, which I hope there isn't because it, it is what it is. I mean, that's my big thing is everybody like we want the pitchers to execute locations, get ground balls, get pop-ups. You guys make plays, but nobody's asking anybody to be an All-American right now. I hope to get there, but as long as we can just take care of ourselves, do our job, we'll be fine. I like that. Take care of yourself, do your job. Um, I think that should be a real big staple for this upcoming season. Uh, DePaul opens up the 2023 season on Thursday, February 9th in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, with the DePaul Dome Tournament. Uh, Coach, we are looking very much forward to that um, as we hope to bring a uh, shiny new trophy back to uh, this DePaul community and uh, with this wonderful women's softball team. And, and uh, we are just delighted to see what's uh, coming up next for this uh, team. Thank you. And we're going to take a fast timeout, and we'll be back to wrap up and conclude this episode of Demon Time. We got two softball players that are kind enough to join us in the studio. We'll chop everything up with them next on the DePaul Athletic Show, Demon Time. Hey, so what's a great way to spread awareness that driving high is illegal everywhere? A catchy song, of course. You can run, but you can't drive high. You can Friendly reminder, don't drive high. If you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Hey, Alan Coulter here. I realize many of you may recognize me as the voice of late night television, but today, think of me as the voice of reason, particularly when it comes to using common sense in regards to emergency preparedness. Look, you already know you should have an emergency disaster kit and a plan for your home and, for that matter, your workplace, too. But a plan is only as good as the paper it's written on. That's why practicing your plan can make all the difference in the world in times of an actual emergency. So come on, listen to me, that charming voice of reason. And use common sense in having an emergency disaster kit and plan for your home, your car, and business. Heck, you should even have a plan for your pets. Honest. Learn more at ready.illinois.gov. That's ready.illinois.gov. Remember the dots. Sponsored by the Illinois Emergency Management Agency. Aired in cooperation with the Illinois Broadcasters Association and this station. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. 
Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin and deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. I'm a champion, real life shack's mechanism. Hi, Shaquille O'Neal for Rad. This is not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam, ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Division I Big East coverage, live on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. And just like that, we're back here on Demon Time, our student-led DePaul athletic show, which covers and talks all things DePaul sports. Getting you back here for the second half, bringing in our softball players, Tori Meyer and Nicole Sullivan. Brandon Bowen, Sean Graney alongside in the studio. Uh, ladies, how are you guys feeling on this amazing Thursday? Or t- Thursday? Uh, we're feeling pretty good. Um, thank you for having us on your show. Uh, we're really glad to be here. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule, you know, class stuff going on to be here. Um, so, you know, Tori, we're going to start with you, and we're going to just get straight into it. Uh, last season was a huge season for you, uh, starting 49 of, of, of a possible 50 games for you. Uh Bad at 342, five homers, 34 RBIs. Uh, you know, you really started heating up towards the end of the season. Um, you know, how do you want to kind of channel that same level of play heading into this season? I think this season I am just going to focus on taking it one game at a time, keeping it super simple. Um, I really like to reflect on my past and use it to give me a little confidence. But at the end of the day, you know, you could go – Oh, for four, one game, the next game go four for four. So just taking one pitch at a time, one bat at bat at a time. Definitely. I can definitely speak to that. You know, even when I played when I was younger, you know, trying to take things at one, one, one step at a time. Tori, you know, last season was really big, a big jump for you as a sophomore. Um, 52 games started out of a possible 52 games, hitting 260, six home runs, 32 RBIs, including the three hit performance uh, against Butler. In your home opener, what are some of your goals headed into this season now as a junior, and where specifically do you want to see your game improve? Um, I think overall, like last year was, I kind of hit the sophomore slump a little bit coming from my freshman year. So I think getting back into the mindset of getting going a little bit, people know who I am more and more every year. Um, but I think 
playing a new position this year, playing a new role. I got new leaders on the team. So I think the mindset is the same, score runs, make plays, that kind of thing. But like Tori said, pitch by pitch and uh, just working every day to do what I need to for the team. Tori, getting back into how, you know, your last year kind of shaped out, um, or or I should say last year leading into this year, um, so now you're in your senior year, um, you know, looking back at your time at DePaul, um, you know, what has been kind of like your favorite moment, and, and, you know, do you have any, you know, real real plans moving forward? Well, I'd say definitely my favorite moment was playing with uh, my teammates last year in the Big East tournament since it was at Rosemont, and that was home. I'm from Illinois, so... It was cool to have all my family out there um, watching me play and playing with all my best friends. So that was really fun. Um, moving forward, you know, I do have a fifth year of softball, so I'm not really sure what my plans will be for that. But I obviously would love to play softball for fifth year. And just to follow up to that, you know, could you possibly see yourself taking things further after possibly a fifth year, maybe professionally in uh, some format? Um, I actually have thought about that quite a lot and um I would I would love to do that so that's definitely a possibility for me uh Tori I know you stated earlier that you felt like you were going through a sophomore slump but I mean you did win Big East player of the week uh the week of you know February 14th five for 11 across four games um you know if can you remember like that feeling of hitting like the grand slam against like St. Thomas during that week could you just describe a little bit how that felt to you? Yeah, I would say that was a that was like opening weekend. So that was like I was so excited. I had elbow surgery that May. So I was out the entire fall. And then like that was my first weekend coming back and like putting a bat back in my hands and like being on the field. So I think that was like that I'm not I'm dead serious. That was like one of my favorite times I've ever played softball. So <laughs> I think overall in general that was like it was a cool weekend, and I think that I'm excited for that feeling. That's something that you, like, die to die for when you're playing softball. So just to have, like, experiences like that and come through and do what you need to do. And I remember it being a close game. So I think that, like, kind of broke it open for us. So, um, but, yeah, I think stuff like that is exciting and always, like, coming home to your teammates is, like, it's the best feeling. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's definitely got to be the best feeling. And, yeah, I think that that ended up blowing it open. I think we ended up taking that game 8-3. to three. Um, Tori, getting back into you, though, uh, who was your favorite teammate on the team and why? Well, I would have to say my... Got to put you on the spot here. Oh, no, my, my favorite teammate's sitting right next to me, actually. So good thing uh, you had us both on today here. So, no, yeah, right, all, perfect time. <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, yeah, she, she's my favorite teammate. She's the one I go to when I uh, need a good laugh because it, you got to find the things to make you smile and laugh during softball because you do fail a lot so um it's always good to have nikki there to support me and i know she'll always be there for me so <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome that's awesome <laughs> yep. tori uh you know obviously now being a junior now obviously roster has changed over a lot since you came in here as a freshman what has impressed you so far about the newcomers coming into the softball program this upcoming 2023 season yeah, I think that it's definitely a change from my freshman year, but it's like it's super exciting to see these girls like grow up is like the biggest thing. And Bella is also from Iowa, so I actually played against her my senior year of high school. So it was like it's been really cool to see how she's grown since then. And I'm very excited to see um, 
obviously how she does throughout the year. And then Lexi's also from Iowa. So it's like, these are my roots. These are my type of people around us. So it's like, you just get super excited to have those like little inklings and those things that you can match up with. And obviously I want to be a leader and a role model for them to show them um, around the city as obviously it's a big change from Iowa to here. So, um, but yeah, I'm really excited for what this class brings for us and a lot of new pitchers, a lot of hitters. So it's exciting. Yeah, it is definitely exciting. And, you know, sticking to that excitement, um, DePaul currently ranks number one in the preseason Big East polls. Um, how does this affect the team's mindset heading into the season, if at all? And uh, what are your goals, you know, personally? I, I guess it's probably maybe like a two-part question, Tori. I'll let you answer first here. But, um, you know, what are your goals for this season? And, and does this really affect the mindset at all? Definitely. Uh, you know, we have a target on our back now with that ranking. Um but it doesn't really affect like our goal. Our goal is at the end of the day just to win games and you know show up every inning, give the best we got, and uh, I think that we're gonna have an excellent time doing that this season um, with the new faces. As you said, there's seven new girls coming in. Um, really excited to see Bella pitch. Um, I have a lot of confidence in her. So uh, yeah, I think we're just gonna you know. See how this goes, and it'll be great. Nicole? Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think more like, more times than not, it's more about just, like, sticking to what we know. And so, like, obviously we earned that spot as the number one, and that's, like, so, that's like really respectable on our half, but it doesn't change what we're doing right now. So still going to practice every day, working hard, doing the right things, doing the small things. So I think that's more it's, – it's, it's a good feeling. It's respect, but also time to go to work, so – I think we'll uh, conclude with this final question. Obviously, as the players, this is your opportunity for you know the DePaul community to get to know who you guys are. Uh, what are your message for the DePaul community, the fans uh, of this team, that are eager to see what you guys have this to in store this season? I think uh, DePaul has you know a significant history um, of winning, and like our coach Tracy, she's been to the World Series and. You know, we kind of have a lot of expectations to live up to, and I completely feel that we can make it to postseason. So I just want to thank, like, all the DePaul fans who supported us in the past and also the ones, our new supporters. Um, just a big thanks to them and continue to support us because we're we're out there for them. So. Yeah, we are definitely looking forward to this season. Um and ladies, we thank you again for taking the time to join us today. Uh, we are definitely super excited for what's on tap for this program this season. Uh, we look forward to calling many of your games as well right here on Radio DePaul Sports. And a special thank you to the uh, head coach, Tracy Audig-Zenz, uh, Tori Meyer, Nicole Sullivan for joining us in the studio today and being our guest this afternoon. For Brandon Bowens, my name is Sean Graney. Uh, be sure to check back here same time next week for a brand new episode of Demon Time. And with that being said, so long, everyone. And it's demon time, baby. Turning my pain into purpose is pretty much what I have done to start this foundation. In August 2020, after the death of George Floyd, Bridget Floyd and other family members established the George Floyd Memorial Foundation in support of the black community. 
it's going to take more than just us as a foundation. It's going to take the community, the world, to make a change. Fight for racial justice for the black community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council.